Prime yeah. Subjective. Welcome to the Prime Subjective. <laughs> yeah, you. My name is Chris Newcomer. Uh, I am your host. With me today for this episode of the Prime Subjective, we have a whole new cast. Of, I'm kidding. It's the same wonderful panel we, we have had. We've got Carrie Coleman Hinners. Hail and well met, good sir newcomer. Oh, Gucci Winthrop. Nope, that's a different thing. Good to see you, <laughs> Carrie Coleman Hinners. And we've got Jay Nim. I'm going to try to be myself, but I think I'm going to fall into a character, and I'm sorry in advance. Um, I think as this episode shows, uh, being a character can provide a lot more light and fun, especially if one has a little dog, can cast their own dog in the program. Yes, um, the program. In the program. Hey, Michael Henley, how are you? Greetings, greetings and felicitations, and I bite my thumb at thee, sir. <laughs> oh, gosh. Huzzah, 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 indeed. Um, well, I began to say it, so I might as well go for it. Mike, Mike Henley, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Um, no, I'm doing real, real nice. Um, we had a, uh, a really nice weekend, actually. My, uh, my, my girlfriend's parents were in town. It was my, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend's mother's birthday. We went to the Elton John concert in Philly on Friday oh, nice. night, which was super fun. Um, and it was nice to, I don't know, I'm still kind of getting back into the swing of things of like, you know, like going places and seeing people and doing things. And you know what? Just in time Ooh, for monkey super That's great. <laughs> super <laughs> awesome activity, honestly. Um, I didn't realize how much I needed that until being in, you know, a huge stadium full of people, basically just having, having a great time where I was just like, this is so necessary. This is so great. This makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. um, oh, being cause good. I, yeah, because I think we all need to feel good, you know, uh, these days. So yeah. a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of bad things happening. I learned that the youth, the youth of today are using the word correct. Am I correct? Have you heard this? Am I, or did somebody lie? Are they using it a, a, in a different meaning from like, what we use it for? No, I don't know. But I think it would be like, Michael, that was so correct of you. That was so oh. correct. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, oh. that's going on for a while. You're like, she's like, she's, yeah. the way she's wearing that is correct. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I, okay. I haven't heard it. I'm very removed. Well, Perfect. guess what? Cool beans is the new phrase everyone's using at my Ooh. house. And by that, I mean <laughs> the phrase my I mother who cool grew beans. up in World War II says that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we eating for dinner during this World War II evening? Cool yeah. beans. Well, we've got beans. chopped chicken liver and saltines. Yeah, yeah. that's where it came Ooh. from. The, Ooh. you know, Great Depression and the Cold, the cold right. War. Yeah. Hot right. dogs again. Hey, Jay Nim, how you doing? Just dogs. Uh, just a, oh no. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I, my girlfriend adopted a cat. Hey! Which Congrats. I, yeah. And so that first night, um, the poor, the poor cat was mewling. And so we took turns waking up, sitting with the cat Aww. and letting it set Marcos. Um, and finally, my <laughs> girlfriend fell, just fell asleep on the couch with her arm hanging off so that the cat could just keep scent marking her. <laughs> <laughs> Just butting her, butting her little head against her, against yeah. the girlfriend's hand. Um, yeah. And then I auditioned for an improv team and I got it, which was really cool. Ooh. Hey, Whoa. congrats. Nice. Can you give us any improv details team. on like the team or where, you know, what, it, what it's called or what it does? Yeah, we just, per we perform around Philly and our name is six different people. Oh. Um, there were Heard six. Of Heard of them. Heard yeah, of them. There were six people, which mm -hmm. obviously cannot stand. So I am the seventh, six different person. Oh, are you, oh, wow. you going to change the name? No, 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 no. It, no. No, it has to be. We can, they cannot have six people because the name is six different people. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. I see. Ah, okay. 
clever. I, I'm following that logic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, how are you? How are you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing swell. Uh, I bought the dog. I bought our dog a button. Uh, that He's referring to Marcy the seen? dog, the cutest dog. Yeah, you've Marcy. Ever seen. The Marcy, ear. the cutest dog, is definitely cuter than Runa on this show. Because I mean, I don't know. That's really hard to be cuter than the dog that was on the episode that we're going to talk about. But um, my dog has a floppy ear, so beat that. Um, I do think Marcy is very cute. Because the other, because the other ear is not floppy, and that's right. what makes so it's it. Like a, it's like one of these. So for <laughs> I know I know famous visual medium podcast. What I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing my right yeah. hand as a floppy yeah. ear, and my left hand yeah. as an upright ear. Imagine and it's an upright ear and a floppy ear together. <laughs> uh, that's what the dog is but have uh, have you seen the videos where people have trained their dogs to hit the buttons and every button is a different you know word so you could communicate better with the dog have you have you seen these things yeah no well i i purchased i wanted to my dog is kind of on the older side she's about 12 i would say and she's very little and and i'm like can you teach a dog new tricks let's find out so i bought a <laughs> a button and I recorded myself saying outside and I just every time I go outside it's like on the floor so I tap with my foot and I say outside and then the voice of my recording says outside and it's mm. every single time I go in and out of my house <laughs> it's like until the dog can figure out that tapping the button opens the door she's she's done it like twice but I don't think she knows what she was doing so we're getting there. <laughs> we're That's getting really cool. there. She's just kept That's pressing awesome. the yeah. annihilate mankind button, right? Which yeah. is yeah. She's add. just like at, <laughs> oh, at first, yeah. <laughs> at first, she was kind of afraid of the button because she's never interacted with buttons before. So I was putting little bits of peanut butter on it, so she would think that that's a good thing that button. And so you know, she was. Then she became not afraid of the button. But I can't. I cannot give her a treat every time she hits that thing no. because. Then, then she'll think that she's just gonna she'll do she'll do literally do for anything a for a treat. Yeah, like that's yeah, where yeah. her intelligence is. But I'm not training her to do something for a treat. I'm training her to see if she could figure out that it opens the door. So you but want her to, mean, you want to be able to know when she need, really needs to go outside. So you want her to be able yeah. to say outside. Yeah, yeah. So she'll hit the button. It'll be my voice. If it doesn't work out for Marcy though, you could you could, you could um, make it work for your husband. You yeah, make yeah. It work for buttons for him to you know. I know the thing is with Scott Henry is he really he um he's he, he you ask him to do something he just does it right. He's not he, like he, resistant to things. I was just gonna say he already knows how to push my button. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I like that. That's very good. There's That's a good. um this YouTube channel that does this with a cat. It's called Billy Speaks, B-I-L-L-I. And the mm -hmm. cat just like, just presses the mad button a lot. Like the cat will just be <laughs> sitting there and then you'll just hear like a mad. And then they'll be like, all right, Billy, why are we mad? And then the cat will just look around and then go mad again. <laughs> I like just that. Just the one button all the time. Oh man, I love this video. There was another video, these two little dogs and the, they were training it. Do you ring the bell, get a treat? And they were two, the one dog just kept going, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> the other dog was like tilted its hat. I love it. You know what? The internet's a crazy place. Uh, similarly, I watched a video on Twitter that's been trending the past couple of days of this um, person who's a farmer and they're trying to do like do these farm 
TikToks, like educational oh, TikToks. I've seen this and one. like, yeah. this cow is yay big. And then, and then in the middle of it, they go, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, don't do it. Emmanuel. And then this <laughs> emu comes, I think it's an emu comes in and starts like, just <laughs> looking like it's about to peck. It's just like, like it's about to peck the phone and it's quite good. It's quite, quite well worth the watch. The people say. use, see the internet can be used for good as well as evil. And this, this is the good that the internet does. I yeah. feel. Yes. Yeah. We need, yes. we need this a reminding of that. We do need yeah. a reminding of that. Indeed. Yeah. Um, did you have any track of the news, Carrie? I don't know. I've got, uh, I don't really have anything either. I, I have a, I have a smidgen of Trek in the news What's because that? I don't, we didn't talk about it yet. Maybe you guys know about it. Maybe you don't, but they are, but Rebecca Romaine and Jerry O'Connell who have been married since 2007, they're a real Star Trek family. Uh, yeah. Jerry O'Connell voices on um, uh, Lower Decks um, and they're, they're married and they're getting together and they're going to host a, uh, a reality version of the love boat and that's coming out later this Aww. year so they're gonna host the love Star boat Trek the love reality boat? or just like the love boat the love boat they're they're rebooting the love boat as a reality oh. show <laughs> and uh i don't know is it a competition really oh it's a dating it's like a dating show i guess so i don't know the details of how that works but Hey, Paul, I'm sorry. Yeah. We have to break up because I need to go on the reality dating version of the love boat. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry. I was about to call you to say the like, the exact same thing. Yeah. I just found about this thing called the love boat and I need to go. Um, well, that should be fun. They're both, I like them both. Sometimes they both give me, and I say this as the same kind of person, they give me theater kid energy, yeah. which sometimes I don't yeah. love. Mm. they're a little too excited about everything everything's too funny mm. and i'm like okay we get it your life is charmed you're on tv love, shows new hostings guest judge mm. and good for you, you but i like you cool. both get to be on star trek you know there's mm -hmm, couples mm -hmm. out there and neither one of them is on star well, trek star trek Did you know oh. that yeah some couples are afflicted with not being on star trek, <laughs> star trek. and that's a real problem <laughs> Eat your Star Trek role. There are people starving. All, the all Star four Trek sets of couples on the Zoom are afflicted with not being on Star Trek. Right. It's a real it's yeah. Introducing true. the all-new drug fan fiction. Fan fiction. Oh, that's true. Well, I I consider I consider us an extension of the Star Trek universe. Yeah, I, I think so. that we sure. I think yeah. that we are canon. We're canon. We're canon we're in canon. the universe. We're, we're, we're more canon than that thing I put into the Dolly mini. Um, Artificial intelligence, which was Miss Picky, Captain of the Enterprise, which came up with a lot of beautiful images. Oh yeah! Oh no, that's oh no, that's canon too. No, that's canon too. No, no, absolutely. Look, we've all watched Star Trek for a long time. We all know about how there's alternate timelines and realities and all that kind of stuff. Star Trek was doing the multiverse before anyone else was doing the multiverse. Well, you the Kelvin timeline. This is the Kermit timeline. That's the Kermit timeline. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like it's like it's what. Kirk was a Muppet. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, or like, it's, it's, just, it's just like uh, quietly in the backstory of different things we've seen. Like you go back and you look at First Contact and Zephyr Cochran has all these Muppet posters up there. And you're like, oh my God. I love it. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I'm casting already. And Worf, and, and, and Worf has to be Rolf. Um, oh, yeah. uh, Rolf is of course. Too. Absolutely. Not <laughs> even a Zephyr Cochran lifts up instead of playing Ubi Doobie by Roy Orbison, I think. He plays it's, Manana. Um, the Rainbow Connection. Oh, yes. Rainbow Connection. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh. 
That's the one change in the timeline. Just that one song. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just puts in my favorite song, which is from The Great Muppet Caper, where um, they have this opera singer come in and dub over a Miss Piggy <laughs> Busby Berkeley diving sequence, where he's just like, Happiness, Miss Piggy, wonder Miss Piggy. And it's really, I urge you to go watch it, as it is oh, a cornerstone man. of my personality. That will help you get Piggy. through this podcast then. Miss Piggy. She was my that, idol. She was my idol as she's a little still girl. My idol. Oh my I God. was thinking, like, I kind of want to grow up to be like Miss Piggy, like the same, like same. I've been doing this thing where I'll, I'll pull up her tweets and I'll just because I have a pretty good Miss Piggy impression. I'm just gonna do it because I'm mm. indulge me if you don't mind. I'm gonna try sure. to read one of her tweets in her voice. Just yes, because I please. think whoever I really enjoy that's a good one. <clears throat> This just reminds me of, um, speaking of Great Muppet Caper, when uh, Charles Grodin uh, died uh, last year, basically, everyone was kind of tributing. Oh, yeah. for, for a lot of kids, you know, like my age and whatnot, their first exposure to that actor was the Great Muppet Caper. And they were picking apart his performance. Just like the reason that that movie works so well is because he doesn't look like he's on stage with a Muppet. He looks like he's really horny to screw Miss Piggy. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. That's what you makes gotta it work. Commit. You yes. got to commit to the bit. This he is a great Miss segue. So bad. Hold, mm-hmm. hold that thought because I think that's a great segue into For this, this episode. fantasy episode because mm-hmm. you got to mm-hmm. commit to the bit. All okay, right. Hold, hold that Let's in your thoughts. It. I'm going to try this it. quick, Miss Piggy. Let me get into it. Hold on. As a classically trained diva, I've perfected the art of blinking only when necessary in order to maintain perfect eye contact. Moi has even won staring contests against Kermit the Frog, and he doesn't have eyelids. <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. Wow. I, I wow. closed my eyes. I closed my eyes for that, and I couldn't tell. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I feel... <laughs> I feel vindicated, and now that that's out of the way, that very important segment where I just did Miss Piggy for my own edification. Yeah, uh, we, <laughs> we can it's talk a new about segment it. on our podcast that we do. It's called Piggy Treks. Called Pig. Piggy. One pig in one pig in. Oh, fish they town did. In they did space. pigs in space. You remember on Muppets? They did pig, uh-huh. and that was uh-huh. a spoof uh-huh. on pigs Star Trek. Pigs in space. Yeah. Yes. That's mm-hmm. right, Miss Piggy. Keep that up, and oh. I'll turn you into bacon. Oh, Kermit, you are here. Okay, this is we're gonna get in trouble. Oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, I haven't, haven't practiced that. I just had a feeling I could maybe do it, so I muted myself real quick, practiced it. And then I, <laughs> I was like, "Why is Jay looking so serious during my impression?" I guess that worked. It. It. He was practicing oh his gosh. own impression real quick. I love it. Totally I love it so very it. much. Okay, let's but get back on to with the, it. The task at hand, which is to review uh, strange new worlds. Uh, episode eight, the Elysian Kingdom. Now I'll just get, give my usual caveat that I didn't write this, but I think this one's not so bad, this, this recap. Mm. Um, so Dr. Mbenga continues to push himself hard to find a cure for his daughter Ruhia's genetic condition. And while doing so, accidentally ingests a chemical compound while performing a medical experiment for treatment. Um, when the Enterprise finds itself mysteriously grounded in a nebula, helmsman Erica Ortega suffers a severe head wound, attempting to warp the starship out. As Mbenga arrives on the bridge to treat Ortega, he finds it has been transformed into a fantasy world that resembles the story he has been reading to Rukia, with uh, Mbenga hailed as a king. Um, with Pike and Ortega as rival courtesans attending to him, to him, Mbenga discovers that the Enterprise's system appears to be running as normal and scans himself at, at sickbay, where he similarly learns he is healthy. Um, 
I think this is a good pause. This is a good sort of first yeah. chunk of this thing. Um, mm -hmm. So what did we think? How, uh, any, any first impressions of this sort of whimsical episode without a cue, even though it feels like it, it could have been a cue thing? Uh, first, I'm excited, uh, not knowing, you know, just if I'm going through it the first time, I'm like, what's going on here? I, I, um, I liked the, uh, the sort of uh, misdirection of was it that gas that he inhaled in his face? Mm -hmm. I think I was there's no purpose to that other than to maybe trick the audience into thinking maybe that did something that was something. I think that was the only purpose that was. Um, and I enjoyed uh, watching the actors act completely different characters than themselves and not even have any like inkling of their former character except it had a good balance with the uh with the two people that did uh know so I, I thought that was really fun fun to watch uh yeah that's I my first it. impression yeah so are we talking about first impressions like as if we were at that point in the episode or after? Yeah, maybe, watching? yeah, maybe if you think about what you what you first thought sure. as this episode was getting started. I thought it was hella bold to do this this early. Um, yeah. I love like episodes where people have to play other characters, but they're still kind of like themselves, sort of, like far yeah. beyond the stars, Deep Space Nine, easily my favorite Star Trek episode, you know, in yeah. any franchise absolutely um yeah. and like there are other there's this uh really i'll make this really quick but there's this improv sci-fi podcast called mission to six that i've mentioned before and yeah. they have this insane episode where they all play like a, a clue kind of like murder mystery game where they're all playing their characters are playing different characters <laughs> and they like switch between like breaking the fourth wall yes. to make jokes and it's like phenomenal exactly. but those episodes <laughs> happened after multiple seasons of character development mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when they did the switch i was like i don't know how much they have to work with here to say anything interesting i would agree with that because i would prefer an episode that tells me more about erica ortegas before we get this episode where she is a different character sort of mm. um uh with that's more focus true. than she's gotten in other episodes and she's not even being herself. That's maybe my thought about it. I'm still enjoying it though. And I, and I do, I do like the. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fun to see like uh, Captain Pike suddenly be this cowardly mm -hmm. quivering Chamberlain. Um, yeah, it was boarding on a hate crime, but it was still good. It was still fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, man. keep those wrists a little. Okay, great. that's all right. That's all good. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, as we kind of get later, <laughs> um, as we kind of get later into the story, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more because, yeah, I was kind of, um, I agree it's bold and maybe a little bit ill-advised to do one where everyone's, I, I was, I watched this episode with my girlfriend uh, who is relatively new to Star Trek and I was started talking about like, well, back in the 90s, you know, mm -hmm. their, 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 their favorite episode to do would be the one where people or multiple peoples are peoples are not, uh, mm -hmm. are, are, are not in their right mind and are acting a little bit crazy. And then their second yeah. favorite was let's put everyone in weird costumes. And then every once yeah. in a while you got an episode that was let's do both. Um, yeah. and I love it. I love it. Uh, it's always so much fun. Um, 
Uh, and especially like kind of watching. I am not play a merry him. man. Sorry, that's <laughs> <a different thing. laughs> it's true. Um, but I feel <laughs> like this one is too early in the show to kind of really get into a, like, there's a way to do this where it's, um, you know, this is this character, like, like you know, it, it brings the character into sharp relief when all of a sudden you see them behaving the opposite of what they are, you know, or whatnot. And I felt like it was a little bit too early for that. But I also feel like, I, it's, we'll get into it, but I feel like this episode was a almost there for me because I, 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 mm -hmm. everyone was bringing a lot of energy. I really enjoyed what they were trying to do with it, but I felt, I, I feel like the episode was kind of unfocused and I think it takes too long to actually, if you're not going to do that character thing um, where you're examining the, 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 all the, all these characters and what they're doing, then like, I think you need to come up with a different kind of story. And I think they had one and they take way too long to get mm. there, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. Agreed. And I Mike, agree. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I agree. I agree with all that. I feel like I liked the episode. I would have liked it even more if it happened in the second or even third season. Mm -hmm. um, but I still, like, I thought the costumes, the, the sets, I thought that was all fantastic and like intricate, the like attention to detail and all of those things. Um, it did put, it did remind me though, that this ship does not have a holodeck. So we can't oh, yeah. have those fun holodeck episodes. Yeah, so it made me think maybe this was their way of trying to get that into the show, that energy into the show. Um, and also, so. yeah. it, and, and, and the problem with the holodeck episodes is that when people go into there, they're playing a role, they're role-playing, they're LARPing, they're live-action role-playing. So they're, they're, they're characters, but they're playing a character. So they hop back and forth because they're like in on the joke. It's like mm -hmm. going to play D&D &D with your friends. You're not, you're, you're not fully there. But I think the benefit of doing the show this way is that these characters were fully committed to this new character and they had that chance to explore. But again, yeah, I agree. It would have been nice to see this later on in the season or later on in the uh, uh, series when uh, we knew a little bit more about them to enjoy yeah. the comedy. I watched it twice. The second time I was laughing out loud. <laughs> the first time I was just sort of like, like mesmerized by it, like what's going on? Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> like, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, I find your characterization of like the two different types of Star Trek episodes is either like people go crazy or they're in crazy costumes. Really funny, but also <laughs> like kind of instructive because yeah. both of those things happen in this episode, right? Mm -hmm. right. It's, mm -hmm. it's like everyone's crazy except for Mbenga and Hammer. And they're, it's not just crazy costumes. They're in a totally different setting, like medieval setting. Um, mm -hmm. And that's such a radical shift, right? To have both of those things happen. Like everyone's insane and they're in a different place. Yeah. And so like, I was hoping for some, I'm kind of getting ahead of it here, but I'm, I was hoping for some grounding of like, ah, there's something to be said about this character and how their character, their personality traits could be mapped onto like this archetype from a medieval mm -hmm. scenario. The yep. way that like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a deep commentary about like Odo as a neutral lawgiver in Deep Space Nine and how like in the 1950s, he would have no problem with the racist status quo. Mm -hmm. And yeah. be happy enforcing the law. 
Um, and but, I don't think they did that in this episode. They no, were just like, let's just go completely opposite. Yeah, we're just yeah. playing. So they did look yeah. like they were having a lot of fun, though. Yep. Yeah, true. Why don't I, I, why don't I keep reading along and that way we can yeah. get to the, the later sort of revelation, if that works for y'all. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So um, Benga's analysis is interrupted by La'an Nunian Singh, who, who appears as a spoiled princess searching for an important relic known as the Mercury Stone, along with her dog, who is that uh, Christina Chong, the actress's dog in real life. She posted a, a lot on Twitter. Um, Chief Engineer Hemmer is also aware of the fantastical shift in reality, but is confused for an evil wizard and taken by soldiers who refuse to acknowledge Mbenga's regal authority. Um, suspecting Hemmer is the key to finding the Mercury Stone and using it to restore reality, Mbenga has Pike and Ortegas escort him on a mission to rescue Hemmer from the custody of a rival queen. And along the way, the group encounters Spock. Uh, this person has written, and his distinctive eyebrows, which I guess is how they're talking, <laughs> it's still Spock. He has been yeah. reimagined yeah. as a wizard seeking to save his brother from the same queen. The queen is revealed to be an altered version of Uhura, uh, with Spock leading Mbenga and the others into a trap that gets the group imprisoned after Mbenga fails to produce the Mercury Stone. Um, it was fun seeing Spock this way. I think because we yes. know we also have the benefit yeah. both with Spock mm-hmm. and Pike of having multiple seasons of other programs they've been on. Yeah. So I think it, it, they have a little bit more fun seeing them uh, than I, I did the mm-hmm. other folks in the show in these altered roles. You know, we did have a discussion about how we can't know anything more about Laon. We were like, okay, we get it. You've really locked in her character. I remember we were talking about this before. <laughs> so. To, to see her like that was really fun because we did we did know that about her um and the dog was great and like it was it was so fun to watch uh especially the dog <laughs> the dog Agreed. was almost the best part so yeah and everyone looks great in their costume celia looks incredible in her in her mm-hmm. uh, yes garb um and i do love i love shaggy here spock it really always it really does do it yeah at all times i, I love shaggy eared spock but shaggy eared shaggy haired spock but i also think that i feel like this episode was kind of choosy with who it gave some really like good stuff to have fun with i feel costume like budget <laughs> costume i mean definitely costume budget but just in terms of like that performance aspect we talked about i felt like only a few of the actors had enough material to kind of go and have some fun like i felt mm-hmm. Hanson mount was having fun i felt mm-hmm. celia gooding was really having fun uh and christina chong was having fun but i feel like i especially feel like ethan peck was kind of not allowed to have fun kind of like like yeah. like I, I felt like they didn't kind of get a handle and and th- th- this might be kind of part and part of the same comment if was anyone else thinking about like while watching this which is all based on a storybook basically just going like this is a very complex storybook like there's yeah. like 12 <laughs> different characters in here and they all want something and all, this is a lot this is yeah. a lot yeah yeah it's like princess bride <laughs> I really it's like Princess Bride. There's a lot of wants in that. There's a lot of wants. There's a lot of needs. (laughs) I really struggled to care about what was going on in this episode for like Mm. multiple reasons. (laughs) One of which was like the whole storybook thing where it was like, oh, you see that Spock is is like dressed in robes. And then it opens up like a drawing of a, then it shows you a drawing of a book of like a character in the book. And it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. drawing. Don't get me wrong. But like, we don't have any context for this. 
So this reveal that like Spock is the wizard is sort of like, all right, it kind of feels like a, a the magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat, but you never actually saw them hide anything in the hat. So when they pull out like a rabbit or an orange <laughs> or a lemon, you're just like, all right, cool. Okay, great. You kept an orange I, in your hat. Great. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I um, you know, you know the, the episode I was, Jay, you just cited uh, Far Beyond the Stars, which is an amazing episode. Uh, I wasn't thinking of that episode when I was watching this. What I was thinking about was the episode where Bashir and Garrick do the James Bond movie in, uh, mm, in the Hollow yeah. Suite. Um, oh. because it's very similar right down to, you know, like, re let's recast all the characters. And, you know, there's in-universe reasons why they do yes, that. That's, that's a really right. good comparison. That's and a it's, good comparison. And it's a romp, you know? Like, it's just, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And that's the one where, um, where, where Narice gets to be vampy as heck, right? She's yes. just kind of like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And, and I, I think their oh, patterns were lost in the hologram, so they mm -hmm. became the so they what, hologram be. characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, what that's what that, it was. What makes that episode pop, though, is the like dual sexual tension, but also like conflict <laughs> between Bashir and Garrick. Of yes, you know, Gar Bashir's insistent that he'll find some innocent way out of everything, and Garrick's like, mm -hmm. "No, you gotta get a little bit dirty." dirty. Yeah. And that, the other thing you... this episode was really yeah. missing for me this the, this yeah. Elysian Kingdom. There was no conflict. Like I didn't feel any kind of real tension of any kind. It did feel no. like he had chosen, to, he was playing an RPG and had chosen like easy, easy mode. Yeah, easy there's mode. nothing. I don't yeah. know, there's like nothing. And, and the conflicts that up until, are Up set. until the conflict at the end, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they were know. just like, maybe let's not cut each other's heads off right now. Maybe that would be a bad thing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's about yeah, it. Yeah, no. I, although people I think do this get was shot all with about, arrows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. This episode was just all about Mbega and his daughter. Like that's all. This. But all it this wasn't. Really. But like, it wasn't. Really talk yeah, about I, that I, until I, the yeah. very end. It's like, I, why yeah. is that? Really agree. Anyway, yep. we should we should get there. We yeah, should, well, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, can I just I'll get us? <laughs> yeah. Go well, for it. Can I just? Yeah, no, can I just backtrack real quick? Because like, Jay, you just, you, you made a really great point about, you know, that episode of Deep Space Nine, because like that Bashir Garrick stuff is so important in that episode. And it's what keeps it from being like, such like a, a romp that doesn't matter Treacle. to like a romp. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it may, I, it's a yeah. romp with a little bit of a point to it where Garrick is, yeah, is kind of testing Bashir's naivete. And like when the chips are down, basically like, you, you're not, you're not the one who can make the tough decisions, but yeah. I am basically. Um, Julian, and I, I found a biker bar in the fifties. We just have to go down I, these stairs and you blow this hard. I, I think that. you guys are right. I think it goes back to your original point that we would have liked it more if it happened later on in the series, because well, then we yeah. would have had some of that background, you know, and I think. And they would have had more to pull from. But yeah. even so, yeah. like the, the, this falls victim to the same problem that the, like, I'm forgetting the name of the episode, but the one with the boy who ends up getting sacrificed, where they have yeah. like a ju potentially juicy thing to mine for conflict, yes. and then they just reveal it at the end, and then yeah, it's it just kind of happens about, even though it's the juiciest thing. In the and it's like, I have why not like mm -hmm. why isn't this about him and his daughter trying to like navigate like hey oh I my want gosh, some yes. freedom from like yes. being in the buffer for years yeah. and like I understand like I'm hurting right, your I, I wasn't like I need some freedom and ugh. All right, I'm gonna oh. say it right. Yeah, yeah, Jay, like you literally just—that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna—I was gonna wait until we actually got to the daughter stuff because that's the point. It takes a while to get there, um, yeah. and I feel like oh. my radical rewrite of this episode is—it's Mabenga and his daughter together trying to navigate together the ship, going through. and yeah. and and he is worried the longer she is out of the the buffer, the less time he is going to have to yeah. find a cure, basically. So there that should have been more of her. 
there yeah. definitely should have been more of her. And, and, and not only that, it gives him someone to talk to who is aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it creates less of a sameness in a scene where characters show up and Mabenga basically just says, just like, oh, this is the person who serves this function in the story. And they do this. Like that scene happens over and over again because they keep having to introduce people in a new costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I it, yeah, it's, it's, it's t- it just doesn't feel like it has any momentum it was just it. like it was just like Star Trek takes a trip to the Renaissance Fair, yeah. uh, just yeah. for the day. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's a great. Yeah. Um, and 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 the way it didn't get any turkey legs or capon. Yeah, yeah, there should have been turkey legs. Then it would have been better. <laughs> the way the way it differs from the the uh, the Bashir episode is well, and maybe this is just me, but like I feel like um, you know. Bashir doesn't have to spend too much of that episode explaining the story because the story is very basic. And if you've ever seen like a James, you're no. basically just like, okay, I get how this works. A leads to B leads to C. Plus here's this we were scene, introduced that to that James Bond story several times before yes. that episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were already yeah. familiar with it. So we, yeah. didn't have, they, we didn't need to get explained too much because that it was It does a, fall into the category of things you can do when you do 25 episodes a season. That's also true. Yeah, um, it's true. They just when you do They just make TV differently now. Yeah. They just make yeah. TV differently now. Even if it this if this was a 25 episode season and this happened in the 22nd episode, it still would have been it would have been better know. than now. But I, I think I, yes, let me finish. I you guys sorry. were thinking about um uh the that uh, that I can't remember what that James Bond episode, but I was thinking about, um, cause I had just recently watched it, uh, Voyager, the bride of chaotica. Yes. And, great example. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there, even though the characters on Voyager knew that they had to play these roles, they, they had to commit to it because the aliens that this was the conflict that, you know, I think Jay was saying that he was missing the aliens didn't understand the aliens were holographic you know electron uh light bulb aliens photonic Photonic, that's the word i'm looking for thank you they were photonic aliens so they didn't understand these uh the two-dimensional things they couldn't understand that so they could only see that photonic hologram as the real world so when they went into the uh holodeck they they had to commit to those characters in order to interact and can be convincing to these aliens so i i think that was the episode i was thinking of and that's what made me think of when uh we're talking about the holodecks versus this episode they know who they are they're playing different characters but they still they know who they are that's just sort of like a isn't this funny guys wink wink we're doing something fun uh (laughs) and this that i i think that's what i did enjoy about this episode that's that they didn't have that awareness like that james bond episode Sure. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I, I I definitely enjoyed every actor basically just being fully in yeah. that character. Yeah. 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 I would say too, it reminded me of Masks from Next Generation, where Data mm-hmm. plays all these those different masked characters and then like Picard mm-hmm. is trying to figure out, you know, 
yeah. why why matter on the ship is changing into these things and the data is like the old man at the fire and then he's right. like oh, yeah. oh i'm yeah. terrified i'm scared <laughs> talk about talk about the king of commitment i mean brent chris you were, you, you were talking earlier about theater kid energy brent spiner in that episode i know i mean he wow. is the, listen he was in the original <laughs> yeah. cast production of sunday in the park with george he's i know yes kid. true yes absolutely he is yeah <laughs> but i love that whole like i would not be surprised if brent spiner came to the writers basically just like i want to do an episode where i play like 10 different characters <laughs> See, theater kid diff- energy is different if you've been on Broadway. What? Who said it? I did. Oh, no. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's, that's... And that's why is I it... am a snob and a bad person. And I'll, I'll oh, is it no, myself. we love is it, it, though. We want more of it. Is it better or just different? It's worse. You're actually a it's worse, worse. person. It's worse. If you're a worse theater It's worse. Theater it's worse. Because you're, cause all of your dreams have been like confirmed. And all your thoughts okay. about yourself are confirmed. Okay. You're like, well, I'm allowed to be a monster because I'm sp- I was supposed to be here. So, oh, it's it's, it's the Leah it, Michelle of it all. Yeah, it's the Leah Michelle of it all. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's uh, yeah. Or it, yeah, it's 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 like in high school when I played band, basically, and I was third chair, everything. I was just like, oh, that first chair guy, he's so cocky. He's an asshole. I hate him. Yeah. But also, the first, he, but also that first chair thinks the cycle that re, reinvests itself because first chair yeah, gets more attention. So that's true. In the first chair. But it, it's that duality of like, oh, I can't stand that person. Also, they are the best, objectively. You know, like that kind of thing. You know, like- yeah, but screw them. Who they think they are. Year, I was first year double bass and orchestra until I realized, oh, I can just sing and not carry the bass around. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Uh- <laughs> I went to I went to high school with um, Aaron Tveit. He was. Oh, I was a way nervous. I know you did. <gasps> yeah, he was a he was a, a freshman when I was a senior, so we were far apart. But I'm like. Aaron Tveit, he was just like a little kid. He saying, okay, whatever. <laughs> you won a Zoom Tony last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. But like what I remember him is just a little kid. So I was like, like, this why, is it, why do really? they keep giving him, <laughs> why do they keep giving him parts? Is it just because he's like a boy or something? Like whatever. Well, he is pretty handsome and good at singing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on in Aaron, and he's well, which is hard to find. My, my memory of him is being the a, roles little, he plays. a little blonde 14 year old. That's my memory of him. So <laughs> you're like, his voice doesn't even change. Why do you keep casting him in Broadway? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the last role I remember seeing him in was a, gave me giving him a noogie. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I was in a I was in a play with him because I was uh, in Damn Yankees and I was uh, the reporter Gloria, so I got to sing Shoeless Joe. Was he Joe? Of was course he, he was. What, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He was the lead in every, he was the lead in every single <laughs> oh, play, every single year since he was a freshman. And hey, let's invite him on the pod. Oh. Hey, Aaron Tveit, you want to come talk Star Trek with us? I doubt he remembers. Carrie would me. love to have a reunion. I'll reach out. No, I doubt he remembers me. I only remember him barely. <laughs> This is just a quick sidebar, but I just want to say, like, there's a very peculiar, there's a very particular thing that happens when you go to high school, basically, where people are like really into theater. Like my 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 high school, uh, just outside PA, basically, was a very big theater, and also we were a Catholic high school, which means that the way the way Catholic families work is basically like having one kid is weird. Everyone has like three or four kids, so because of that, you have like little <laughs> dynasties that happen like throughout the grades and like little inheritances where basically just like, well, this person was the lead and everything. Their brother will probably get the same opportunities. And it was always super funny, basically just kind of like if talent basically kind of skipped a brother or whatever, basically just being like, well, this isn't working out. All right. It often does does skip a brother. Um, No, that's not, that's not, that's not. And also not true for my family. Is is there a newcomer sibling locked in the basement, Chris? 
No, I will say actually the newcomers all have a lot of musical talent. My brother actually was also a performance um, major. He played the trombone. He was in the pit of the first show I did in high school. And my dad did the lighting. It was all a family affair. I and was, my mom I was, was my say, wonderful pianist. Like we're all yeah. it's a family. He's thing. not he's not in the basement because Chris ate him in the womb. Okay. So. <laughs> absorbed his talent. <laughs> he absorbed. I was like, I'll be needing this. Uh, no, I uh... that's a way to do it. I mean, wait, Chris was the one without it. the musical talent until he ate his brother. And then suddenly right. I could match pitch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, he's very talented. Also, his his son, who's fifteen, um, is now the best, one of the best, better best musicians in the whole family. Like he plays, Damn. he's a very good pianist. So that that I got to keep an eye on because that, oh, man. I can't stand for too long. Listen, it's he could, <laughs> but not you know. Okay, too. Right? Is that how everyone that's, else thinks of their relatives? Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's the best. That's that. That is the best kind of uh, supportive, like you know, kind of a, a family stuff where it's basically just like you're awesome. Also, watch yourself. But I think this is a a perfect conversation to have in relation to this episode because this was the energy this episode was putting out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, we're going to put on a play. Look what we can do. (laughs) We're really good actors. Strange New World does community theater. Yeah. I yeah. Think that is, we're that is really good actors on this show. Let me, I'll finish. Uh, speaking of the episode, I'll just finish describing <laughs> it so we can be done with that uh, and then finish our, you know, come to our final thoughts, although we, we've gotten to most of them, I think, at this point. But Hemmer explains that his telepathic abilities sensed a life form when reality shifted. Oh, I've been there, girl. Theorizing that the enemy <laughs> used Mbenga's story as inspiration <laughs> to create this world. Using some of his gear, he frees himself and the group from their cell before they are aided in their escape by number one, reimagined as a skilled archer allied with Ortegas. Um, they, they don't mention this in the storyline, but they seem to imply that um, the archer and Ortegas, in the story at least, have a romantic relationship. I wonder if we'll ever yeah. see that. In, I hope mm. we do. I, I, I'm sure I that, doubt I it. That'd be cool. Mm. I, I wish I sh- that seems nice, but I doubt it. Okay. Nothing, I mean, nothing like a little bit of. <laughs> Seriously, like, there's nothing like a little bit of queer baiting to try and carry an episode with no. Conflict, I know, you know? Right. truly, very that, very that. Picking uh, up character. on the noticeable changes to the story, he's familiar with. Mbenga theorizes that the entity actually telepathically drew inspiration from Rukia based on his daughter's preferences about how the story should unfold. After Hammer sidelines Uhura and the traitorous Spock with the transporter. Um, by magicking them to the, the cargo bay. He and Mbega find Rukia playing with the entity. That also, that scene I really enjoyed though. Hemmer being like, uh, <laughs> like the abracadabra or whatever. <laughs> yeah, bro, cadabra. I, I think this was, was a great, fun, yeah. yeah. This was a good yeah. episode for Hemmer. Mm-hmm. Speaking through Hemmer, the entity reveals that Rukia's condition will return if they allow her to leave the nebula. Um, also, I love that that once again the meat of what we've all what we've all been complaining about gets described in the last four sentences of this. Yeah. Anyway, Rukia decides to remain with the entity in order for her father mm-hmm. to be freed and reality to be restored to normal. Yeah. Uh, appearing moments later as a full-grown adult to assure Mbenga that her life has been great um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and looking fabulous and happy. As activity on the Enterprise returns to normal, none of the crew have any any memory of what happened in the ne- nebula with Mbenga confiding in number one about his extraordinary experience to conclude uh, the episode. I just saw, I just started laughing because I saw Jay roll his eyes so hard that his head fell backwards. Yeah, did you hurt yourself? <laughs> <laughs> he rolled and his not, eyes so hard. I, I it looked like, like you were doing that. <laughs> the, the part, okay, like, leave us something to think about. Please, leave us some, like, something yeah. that we can use our brain on 
don't like have an ambiguous decision and then have the character yes. reappear as an older person and go, I good job, so you made the right well, decision. I, it had, I it had the morality play feeling of a 90s yeah. sitcom. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if well, I ever felt like more insulted watching Star Trek. Like, my God. Leave wow. you something to think about. Come on. Like, you, mm-hmm. you put the juicy actual, like, yeah, the conflict that had like that had gas to run on. Like at the very yeah. end, you resolve it. And then you go. By the way, this was the right decision, audience. <laughs> Definitely right. Good job. Like, oh, so I agree. Oh. I agree with that. I agree with that, Jay. And the the thing that I thought as I was watching this the first time, I was like, I don't like this. If if no. out of a yeah. hundred, I would give this. If there was, I would. I almost loved this episode, except for the ending. I was going to be okay with, okay, fine, no conflict. Okay, fine, this is just a fun episode. But then the ending, and I was like, no, because like you were saying earlier, it's too soon. We don't know. I needed more of that like um, turmoil of him trying to figure out what happens to his daughter. And beyond that, I love it when a character has a child on the ship. And that has very interesting um, repercussions that you can talk about and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, definitely Hammer was a great episode for Hammer. The abracadabra stuff was really fun. It was, (laughs) it was fun for him. And uh, I, I, I have thought of a way where the sword fighting is fun. Sword fighting on Star Trek, always great. Yep. Yep. Love that. Sorry. I have thought of a way where this ending could pay off down the line. Mm-hmm. Sort of like how Tashiar's death felt meaningless. And yet a couple yeah. of seasons later, mm-hmm. they made up for it they by giving d- her other life. Double down on her meaningless life. They were like, this was <laughs> it was meaningless before. Let's make it more meaningless. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I didn't see that way in the first <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. Like, they do kind of like walk back the meaningful thing with yeah. Tashi R, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they're like, like oh, yeah, no, you guys love yesterday's Enterprise. Hey, we took a big yeah. shit on this plate, and here she is. As yeah, a yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know how Tasha Yar grew up on a rape planet? Well, we put her on this oh, other planet oh. where she got raped again. Uh-huh. And oh, no. then her daughter became a bad guy and she died. Again. She didn't die though. Actually, Sila's still out there. They never got rid of her. No, She's just out Tasha, there. No, oh, Tasha, Tasha they died. Made yeah, Tasha I'm sorry. Yara died. I'm they were like, again. well, yeah. she was raped by a Romulan and then yeah, she yeah. died. Like, great ending. Yep. Writers. <sighs> and not only that, maybe that, was a bad, maybe that was a bad. Um... <laughs> sorry, Jay. You know, no, Jay gets upset about things and then you just touched on something that I get real upset about. <laughs> yeah. Not about, to get about all of Part of what that, made this ending like hurt hurt for me is that the characterization they've done, like the character building they've done has kind of felt like, oh, we have a bullet point on a sheet of paper and let's announce <laughs> it to the world and then move on. And it doesn't feel alive to me. Well, and that's, that's a subjective opinion. And I'm not willing, I'm not willing to die on that hill. But <laughs> this, but like this was an opportunity to really provide an interesting like ongoing conflict for one of the characters where it's like hey my daughter is floating out there in space and i did it because it was really hard like a hard decision about whether or not to like keep her in like potentially permanent stasis while we find a cure for this disease and the world changes around her and she doesn't grow up or to like have freedom with this like that's an interesting like compelling 
conflict yeah. and they're just like nope it's not going to be a conflict never mind this character like will not gain yeah. any depth or complexity from this episode it was too soon it was too soon oh. to make her some sort of non-corporeal life form because the odd I, I don't think that we got enough of a chance to care about her and uh yeah. yeah like if this if this happens like couple seasons down the road after a, mm-hmm. a variety of uh struggles and trauma then we might be like oh that's sad but even even okay, if they take in Michael Henley's Michael yeah. Henley's fix for the episode I think even would have made it much mm-hmm. better well seeing yeah. her with him throughout the whole episode getting yeah. to know her more yes. and then sending her off to Mm-hmm. I agree because I that would have been incredible, actually. Be, because yeah. this is the peculiar thing about that episode. First of all, I feel like um, that having an entire episode where Mbenga is worried about his daughter, I think provides the release you need for this ending, basically. Um, you know, where it, it, it where it feels like a release and less like a, uh, let's get rid of this plot, actually. It's not really working out, which is what this kind yeah. of felt like, honestly. It did feel like they threw it away. Yeah. yeah, but but here's the other weird thing about this episode, which is that I don't think that be, because for whatever reason, they're really kind of sitting on the reveal about the daughter. And, you know, Jay, you made the point about how, you know, some of the character work has been kind of like bullet points, basically. And I feel like the one thing that we know about Mabenga is that he cares about his daughter and all this that he's doing with his daughter, basically. And then because they're being cagey about like the last act twist, they don't have that. St- the one thing that Mabenga has been kind of developed with, they don't use throughout this episode. Right. So basically, mm-hmm. what happens is Mabenga wanders around and comments on what's going on and says, This character from the store. And then he just kind of like looks bemused. And that's it, actually. There's no yeah, real he, character stuff going on. He doesn't seem to care that much about his daughter until like the latter half of the story, until like the yeah. latter like, quarter of the storybook portion when he's like, Oh, the source of it is probably my daughter. Let's find her. Like he's just like yeah. He really compartmentalized. Yeah, Yeah, he really compartmentalizes his daughter, like literally, figuratively, and literally puts her. Yeah, I would say that's the most literal (laughs) compartmentalization. Literally, compartmentalizing. Stored in the pattern buffer. You know, as we're talking about this, it occurred to me maybe they're doing it this soon because they have other plans for the doctor. He might not be meant to. We he might something else might happen to him or like in the next season we might see a different doctor for example so or grown-up so rukia is the big bad of next season she comes back an <laughs> evil corporeal entity which all right, I all right. For. yeah <laughs> i have a question about grown-up rukia as well because hear me out here you know we, we just kind of mentioned how like that moment was unnecessary yeah that moment to me is also creepy because hear me no, out we are dealing we are dealing with a life form that can literally change reality. It's done that throughout the entire episode. And then at the very end, it takes the little girl away and then drops off just temporarily a grown up woman and who basically just says, oh, it's cool. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. You made the right choice. Everything's great. Anyway, got to go. Bye. Yeah. yeah, I was half <sighs> expecting when Rukia made the choice to leave. I was waiting for her body to fall limp on the ground. Like yeah. that's what I thought yeah. was going or to happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just just, uh, just him yeah. holding his lifeless, you know, consciousless conscience conscienceless daughter in his arms is what I was expecting. And I didn't <laughs> I was like, and what? She was like so it think- tickles, Daddy. It tickles, yeah. right? Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> I was I was almost expecting like a cut to the cloud, basically, and I don't know, some sort of like 
telepathic what it's thinking basically just like cool the scam worked again we got another yeah. one awesome <laughs> another child <laughs> but like oh what's so frustrating about this episode is that in order to like make it good or at least like make it like significantly better all you have to do is move like yeah you just have to move lucia to the beginning and have her yep. be yeah. a player and like you have this entity who doesn't have any give her agency like, but and also yeah. have this entity as like a weird third party where like both the doctor yeah. and rukia are trying to like convince this entity to do different things rukia because she wants like some freedom to be a child and the doctor because mm. like hey you're messing with the lives of the whole crew um yeah. and we need to live our lives and the entity is like well what is this girl lives in misery and i that's like that's it but instead i don't yeah. know the, the, the episode is so kind of afraid of tension that it even has a moment where like some red shirts get shot with arrows and we're not meant to wonder just like, what happened with that? Are they okay? What's going on? <laughs> they're fine. They're, they're fine. fine. I'm sure they're, they're always fine. fine. Uh, they do. They do. And like the one, yeah. like the one thing they do offer us, the like limp rotten carrot they offer us after all of this <laughs> is that is that like the doctor and and Una <clears throat> and Riley might like get together or whatever. And it's like, all right, so like the queer baiting didn't work, so you're going for straight <laughs> baiting. All right. I wasn't <laughs> sensing that. I was sensing more of like a just a concerned friend. I like, agree. Yeah, cool. that, and, that's and a little bit of commiseration with secrets to keep. They both have yes. well, yeah. okay. that too. Maybe maybe yeah. I maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but it but, shows. I mean, page uh, of the book of like king ridley and then like the huntress and like right after they hang out no that was uh, the daughter that was the but the dog woman was white in that picture like the king well, was the storybook hmm. didn't match up everybody i have to rewatch i don't remember the okay, yeah, i don't remember getting yeah. that impression from the end though, i but but uh, yeah you know, but I mean, if you got that impression, that means other people did. But we're here to tell I you guess. that what you felt and saw was wrong, <laughs> and you got it wrong. No, no, Jay, <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. You're, not you're wrong. just different. You're just different. <laughs> that feels worse. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh dear, it's worse. We are, we are we are coming up on an hour at this point. So my friends, mm -hmm. I'd love. I uh, do. You, if you have a final thought or or um. Or a favorite moment or a recommendation to offer up. I'd love yeah. to hear it. I would say the theme of this episode is acting is fun. Hey, isn't <laughs> <laughs> aren't we having fun? And I, I did actually, even though the story had some, you know, problems that we weren't uh, so happy with. I mean, the the sets, the costumes, the performances. I thought they really, <laughs> I thought they really brought it. Even if we yeah. didn't care for the story and the ending, I just I thought every everybody else brought their A game except for the writing. The writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I thought it was great. Um, and I've been I've been rewatching the Umbrella Academy, and that's really good. And that's hmm. oh Jay showing us a picture. Yeah, but that's not the huntress. Well, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so, um, what's her face? Una Chin Riley is talking to to Mbenga, and he's like, she's and she, they're talking, and she goes, he reveals <clears> that there's a story that's central to all of this, right? And she goes, how does it start? And he says, well, it begins like all good stories, once upon a time, and then it flashes a picture of the king who looks very much like Mbenga holding yeah. this like white woman and oh I, feel like I know what it is I know what it is Jay I know what it is I think you're right to have that impression but there was something that they breezed over because they didn't uh, set this story up enough this is another con mm. thing that you had wrong with this that I agree with 
the um the stone that they were searching for the king finds out that it has a soul so he has to let this the stone go so i think that was the end of the story the king is holding onto this stone realizes that it has a soul and if he hold, keeps it it will die so he has to let it go so i think that was the picture i think that was the rep the 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 visual representation of the ending of that story i think not yeah, the huntress yeah that's what i, I think even though i think your interpretation is fine i just i really think that but they because they breezed over that explanation yeah. so fast in the well, show real quick and i'm not gonna like say that i'm i don't know if i'm right but the reason i have this impression is that the daughter like minutes before this says like you need mm -hmm. to go write your own story to her father sort of like mm -hmm. setting her free from the burden of having a daughter right and then he literally starts telling una chin riley the story and saying like you know it starts like all good stories once upon a time and mm -hmm. we're like thematically this is him starting to write his own story and then the story page we see is him talking to a woman who does look like una chin riley and <laughs> I, I, get, I get it. I hear, if that's I hear where you're coming case. from. I hear where you're coming from. I see that they misled you. Your points are valid, but I, I don't. I, I think yeah. this is a, just another problem with the, okay. the writing of the show. I don't think they meant that. I think that's a I, fun fan theory. But <laughs> a lot Jay's of puzzle defense, pieces in the right place. This is all I'm saying. In Jay's defense, in Jay's defense, the next page is also a picture of those two characters in a hot tub. Right. So I think. <laughs> That also leads us to some I, conclusions. You know, I, um... I don't think the character of his daughter was in that story. His daughter was the stone. Yeah, his daughter yeah. was the stone. So yeah, I agree. I agree with that. They didn't have a color. There was no skin color on the the daughter. It was Wait, a stone. I, so, but I, they could have. But you're right. They could have easily made that person he was hugging uh, look like his daughter. And I don't know why they didn't. <laughs> But I don't think it's like I don't think it's meant to. But you know, like we should just try, like and, and I don't know. I think yeah. we have we've taken away different things, and there are so there's support for both theories. No, I think I, I want you to wrestle to the death on this one. I think. No. This is, uh... <laughs> so, uh, we we we've had a very contentious discussion here. Well, not really, but you know, no, we, we, we've had a very lively <laughs> discussion. More, we've had contentious, more contentious lively, discussion lively. We we one. have we have. So I don't mean to drop a shell and run, we're just, but I we're do just really say, speaking specifically about the picture that they show in the last well, scene. Speaking <laughs> of that picture, speaking of that storybook, did anybody catch the Easter egg with that storybook? Which is did anybody catch who wrote the storybook? No, who wrote it? Benny Russell did. Oh, oh really? Indeed. I missed it. Yep. If you towards the beginning uh, of, of the episode, episode when he's reading it, yep. Mm-hmm um which so i'm just trying to square that because this gets yeah. into the whole like existential tell like wait was benny real or not real yeah. or, yes T tell so, our listeners what that is all about <laughs> benny russell is the alternate persona that uh cisco uh you know uh that adopts or maybe more 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 likely it adopts him basically over the course of the episode far beyond the stars that his his mm -hmm. personality in that 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 is the quote-unquote role he plays uh um you know as a uh, african-american man in 1950s new york um, who is a writer uh, who works for a publishing company um, who is trying to get stories about people of color, um, you know, through his publishers uh, to mixed success, um, uh, which 
given the fact that this, you know, beautifully illustrated storybook, you know, clearly establishes the king as black, I find that very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning that Benny Russell runs into significant roadblocks when he tries to write a science fiction story yes. featuring yes. a <laughs> black lead yes. in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And it's yes. about a black captain of a space station called Deep yeah. Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's and a very encounters. interesting episode. Go watch it if you haven't. Go watch it. It's a great episode. It's <clears throat> phenomenal. So any but other... also don't watch it. Watch the whole series. Just watch every episode yeah. leading up to that episode and then watch that episode. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Michael, apart from Bombshells, uh, do you have any other recommendations or final thoughts on the episode? Um, not really, actually. I don't have any recommendations aside from uh, just for this episode, basically. It was just like, it was. it's one of those almost episodes. More like one, one, one of the more frustrating ones, if only because mm -hmm. like, you know, some episodes you're basically just like, oh, well, this isn't very good. Some episodes you're like, this is great. And instead, it's episodes like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. She's like, oh, that wasn't as good as I thought. It was. You know, it's just a, it gets you worked up and kind of lets you down, I think, a little bit, basically. And the choices they could have made, I think, to solidify this were right there. So it's it was a bit of a frustration factor for me. Fair enough. Jay, what about you? Any final thoughts or recommendations? Yeah, this episode and the um, the episode with the with the boy. I'm forgetting what it's called, but the one where they take the premise of the ones who love walk away from us. That one's up called where Child. we belong. Right, love <laughs> up where we belong. Where we belong. Um, I don't yeah, know I think why that was the name this. Of the I don't know why this show is allergic to like interesting conflicts and sandwiches them at the very end with an unsatisfying resolution but it's happened twice now and three times jay is out <laughs> i would i would adopt that rule <laughs> i would but it's like it's just frustrating like it feels like intentional yeah. it feels intentional somehow um yeah. and it mm. feels worse than if like there was just no interesting conflict at all anywhere and it was just like a mediocre episode I'm like okay i guess you're that was right fun. You're right. I would take I would take a lower production value in in exchange for you know more thought out writing and yeah. better drawn out se seasons. So yeah, yeah. Um, I I think that's everybody. I don't have any real final thoughts. I, I pretty much agree uh, across the board with what y'all have been saying, except for I believe that that one conflict between Carrie and Jay. I don't no, I don't I don't know I what think you guys we're both thought. Right. End. No, the thing is, right. I think the problem is, I think we're both right. Yeah, well, I think also it's why not. <laughs> I think maybe they didn't they didn't actually interpret it at all, and so you're yeah. you get to interpret it as as we, yeah. which is actually kind of what Jay's been asking for. Yeah, in some yeah, ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, what does but it I do, mean? I do have a recommendation for something that I resisted for a long time because hmm. I prefer female led uh, things, but I did finally start watching The Boys on oh, Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. And okay. I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it's stark. It's as intense. Hell. It's really and it's intense. dark, and it gets darker. And then every time you're like, "How can they top this?" And then they do, and then you're confused. Well, how did I they, stuck to scenes of Battlestar Galactica? I can get through this. Like, they can't get as yeah. dark as that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, you know, good show. One of the things I love about that show too is that it is 
there's a, there's a time for subtlety and there's a time not for subtlety. And The Boys is maybe the most unsubtle show on the air right now. And okay. that, that that is not a criticism. That is a just that is a, we live in unsubtle times. I love yeah. it when I, you know sometimes it's cool when writers are subtle subtle and sometimes it's cool and they're basically just like no fuck you. This is what this this is what this is about. Um, right. And it blows my mind that there are still people on the internet who do not understand what that show is about. And um, Carl Urban is my literal favorite. Carl Urban is my oh, literal. I have signatures. I got face masks. It's weird. I'm, but anyway. Jack Quaid, Jack Quaid is really doing it for me as well. So I, I He's delightful. Him. Yep. He's very good. Yep. He's okay. Yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. He's on Star Trek too. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, they're both Star Trek people. Yeah, they both yes, from that movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a guy from that movie who did the thing. And no, he was Elis- Best Bones. He was Bones. They were both and, in Wrath uh, of Khan, right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, oh, what's her name? Basically, Elizabeth Shue is on it, who was in the Back to the Future movies, which starred oh. Leah Thompson, who directed two episodes of Star Trek Picard this past year. Oh, yeah. Bring okay, it so back. Bring out, can we bring out, can we bring out uh, Michael Henley's? <laughs> Um, tying it all together, bingo card. He, he filled the whole thing. He did it. Yeah. Congratulations. We need a little jingle, wow. a little jingle yeah. when he does that. <laughs> but I, I was saying I was watching the Umbrella Academy and I really enjoy the Umbrella Academy. I'm watching it through again. To watch so it. anyway. Yeah. But do you know what Elizabeth Shue's best work is? Her The best movie that she is in? Uh, I, I feel like the non-ironic answer is leaving Las Vegas, but what is the, or what, what is the, what, what is the answer? Uh, 1996 my, my is not ironic. <laughs> It is the what? Super Bowl commercial for Lowe's. No, it's the movie Soap Dish starring. Oh, uh, I love Sally Soap Dish so much. Great Klein. movie. Great that movie rules. Movie. Yes. A very good movie. <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg is in that one, tying it all the way back. And we're Whoa, to Star Trek. Everyone <laughs> is in Star Trek. Everyone <laughs> is in Star Trek, except for us, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. At least we have fan fiction. um well on that note my friends i think we can bring this to a close um i don't have a song to sing at the end so why don't we all just make the sound it makes when the when someone comes to your door on the enterprise different interpretations of what that